Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who sip a beer faster than Aaron Rodgers chugs one. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 350. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, the dashingest of hosts, Chris. And with me is the beach volleyballist of hosts, Jeff, the Riz Risen. How you doing, brother? You're looking good. You are looking good. I am good, trying, man. man. My, my daughter is kicking my butt. She's been uh, she's been training for all sorts of different sports, and she's getting me roped in with her. And uh, it, it's very tough to keep up with a 12-year-old girl, let me tell you that. Why? But she, 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 she's awesome, and it's making me awesome, and I'm happy about that. Why is the Risen family always so lazy and just hold up inside all the time? <laughs> I just don't understand it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got a big show yeah. today. Uh, preseason game one review. We're going to talk a little bit about that. we got a lot to cover there. Uh, Don Mule back. Um, love our guy. He's no longer with the team. Dun, dun, dun. The question, you know, bears itself out. Is Dan Campbell an a-hole? We'll talk about that. <laughs> Two D linemen are back. What does that mean for the defense? We've got your last call for fantasy football. Get in there now. The doors are about to close and things are about to get going. And Jerry Jacobs was going to join today. We're going to talk about why it's uh, it's changing news. Things are changing around a little bit. And um, not necessarily for the worse, not necessarily for the better, but it's definitely. It's it's, def- it's, it's something different, and we're, we're proud to break the news. It's definitely something different. We are happy to break it. Got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Nice to see everybody in the chat. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and if you're new, thanks for joining the show. We've, we're here every yes. week. Uh, Thank do, you. Do this. We have a post-game live show. We do. We're kicking that off. Those who know are going to be really excited. Ash Thompson will be the co-host this year. All That's of the so post cool. He brings so much. Brings so much. Good stuff from Ash. And he's going to give you a really, really great breakdown on X's and O's and beyond. Uh, really excited about that. Also, if I can just really quick slide in on the video. Sorry for the audio people only, but on the YouTube folks, you can see um, we've got. Let me get this up. <gasps> the Detroit That Lions is so, podcast. so cool. You got to tell the story behind it. Bar and lounge. Where rose colored glasses never go outside. Established 2015. That sign is a sign of things to come. Uh, I actually got it for my birthday, and it's all yes. bounced out of an idea that's, uh, that's come up. Uh, we're going to be doing a pregame show during the week, folks. And um, 
we're going to be doing a little cocktail mixer along with it. We're going to have a game of the week uh, um, commentary along with a uh, themed cocktail. We're going to show you how to mix them up. We're going to do a whole thing, get a little set we're building for it. And uh, that sign is part of the set. But the Detroit Lions podcast bar and lounge is going to be open game day drinks. Get ready. We're going to teach you guys how to make some really, really good cocktails. We will have those cocktails during the post game show. So we'll make it during the week. You can practice. You're either drinking to remember and celebrate or drinking to forget. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So uh, join us for that. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. All right. We're going to get into it first. A review of the first preseason game of the year. Um, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, it's a t- hey, Chris. Yeah. Did the, did, did the score matter? It did. It did. We lost. Whereas we lost and it meant everything to us. We'll never make the Super Bowl now. <laughs> Um, I think actually the only no, I don't say this, but well, yeah, the only teams to go zero and sixteen have won every game in the preseason. So we've kind of shaken that That's monkey back off the back pretty quick. We will not go winless this year. <laughs> yes, and, and I will say this: both coaches, both Rod Marinelli and Hugh Jackson, preached up and down, left and right, the importance of learning how to win in the preseason and how that would help prepare the team to win in the regular season. Obviously, that's a bunch of bunk. That, that's been thoroughly disproven. Um, winning in the preseason does not help you win in the regular season. Um, and for those of you who are screaming about that, uh, oh, my God, the clock management. Just didn't just the Patriots just stop. Stop trying to find negative in every goddamn thing in life. <laughs> didn't the Patriots uh, go over in the uh, preseason when they almost when they won every game except the last game? Was that the year? There, there was there? there was a run and, and somebody posted on Twitter and I forget when it was, but it was like 2004 to 2008. The Super Bowl champions combined to win two preseason games over a five year period. <laughs> There's absolutely no correlation. Look, you're, you're doing different things. Mm-hmm. Different different teams have different – the Buffalo Bills have different goals in the preseason than the Detroit Lions do. They have an experienced staff. They're looking to find their depth, bolster, see if they have somebody that's coming up that you know they, they can trust. The Lions are trying to find starters in a lot of positions. They're, they're trying to find out who their best 53 are. Yep. The Bills know who their top 50 are. They know who all their starters are, basically. So they're, they're trying different things. They're trying to, you know – work on little things that they maybe weren't good at last year to, to hone it up, to get some, some in-game action. Yep. The Lions are trying to install. There's a very different goal to what they're trying to do. Um, and I, I noticed that I watched a couple of other preseason games. I watched the Browns and the Jaguars, and that was a very similar situation. The, the Browns happened to win. Um, and, and some of that was because the Jaguars were just really, really bad, <laughs> but like they were, the Browns rested most people that you've heard of and they went out, and they they were they were testing things out with their new one linebacker scheme and seeing if what one versus two linebackers and how that worked and, and things like that. They were trying things. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacksonville was trying to get comfortable with, with Trevor Lawrence, trying to get him some easy throws. We saw Marvin Jones make a spectacular catch. Former Lion looked very good in the debut. But again, different goals for different teams. You got to keep that in mind. Pittsburgh has very different goals than what Buffalo does and very different goals than what Detroit does. The preseason is not about winning and losing. It's about finding what's best for your team. Was was the preseason for Buffalo in the first game about not finding your wide receivers in the first half? <laughs> There's a well, lot. Again, they, they do have a competition going at the tight end spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they they know who's going to be on the team, but they're sorting out their their order there. 
I think they also wanted to keep, I, I think they wanted to keep Mitchell Trubisky comfortable, quite honestly. Remember Josh Allen didn't yeah. play. Trubisky has a great history against the Lions. I think they wanted to see if he could carry that over. Uh, I, I will say this. I, I thought he didn't do all that well. I thought, uh, I thought the guy that came in, Davis Webb, did better than him, which is very interesting. We've had enough of that shit. That's right. No more Trubisky. Yeah, we've had enough of Trubisky. Yeah, who, no who, by the way, is starting for them again this week. Josh Allen's, again, not playing. And, by the way, that's smart by the Bills. Yep. Don't play your best players in the preseason. Yep. Well, let's talk about it really quick. I, I Let's just start with I, who I think deserves a real talk about. I don't know if we, I'd say he was the very best player, but, boy, he was up there. Amon Ra St. Brown. Holy cow. This guy showed out. I mean, again, not the oh, fastest man. guy in the field, and we've talked about that, and it's been talked about you know, throughout you know, the Detroit Lions media, but this guy can run a route. This guy can catch a ball. Holy moly. Watching the language there. He looked good. He looked really good. Again, just a preseason game, I get it, but man, he showed out. He's a guy who maximizes what he's got on every rep. And you notice that in practice. You saw it when you were at the couple of training camp practices you were at. All of us in the media see it every day that we're out there. This guy, the, the attention to detail on every single thing he does is immaculate. It's spectacular. Like the... He, there's no wasted motion. There's no wasted energy. There's no, no superfluous activity at all. He, he, he's doing exactly what he needs to do to be at his best on every rep. Yep. It makes him faster than he actually is than he times. makes him quicker than he is than he timed on his, his short shuttle. And he's makes quick. him stronger than he looks. <laughs> there's, it, I, I tell you what, man. If every player in the NFL had the, 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 that attention, that preciseness to their, their activity – There'd be a lot, but there'd be a lot more better players because this guy, <laughs> again, he's not the fastest, he's not the quickest, he's not the strongest, but he is going to be a really, really good receiver for a long time. And I'm very happy that the Lions have him because God, God bless, they need him. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real, for real. No, uh, Amon Ra, he was he was great. Sun guy was for great. Sure. The, I mean, the, the, the out route that he ran and golf put the ball exactly where it needed to be, um, and, and actually. His best play was the play that was called back for a penalty. Yeah, uh, yep. and you know it was it was a deserving penalty too. I, I know there was some chatter about that, but I, I thought he deserved it. It was probably a hold. Uh, but yeah, the, just his ability to to catch that ball and instantly both make a move and accelerate up the field. Yeah, who yeah. did that real well? Golden Tate did that real well. Yeah. Yeah, who do yeah. we miss in Detroit? Golden Tate. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, with that being said, um, I want to really quick hit. The guy that was throwing the ball early, that first pass, right? God, God, that one, that one just shook me, right? That, I saw, so, so I, 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 I gotta tell you, right? I, I was watching the game. My family was around me, and they were watching it. And my wife just burst out laughing, like, "Oh God!" Yeah, yeah. She, she she's not a golf girl. No, and just, I feel bad for him because that. <laughs> That is just the exact. I mean, the only thing that could have been worse, probably at that point, is if they had actually picked the ball. Now it'll kind of be able to kind of fall away out of the narrative a little bit. But God, that was not the first ball you wanted out of uh, out of Jared's no. hands in the live fire. And, and, and again, uh, Buffalo playing a little bit of dirty pull, dropping a linebacker there. They didn't expect it, but that's something that Jared Goff's got to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's yeah, that that was. Thank goodness it got dropped. Yeah, I, I, I was I was happy to see that. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, I'm on record. I don't think golf is going to be great, 
but I do think he's going to be serviceable this year. I, I, I don't want him. I don't want him to get run out of town. I mean, there's far worse options out there. We've seen that Tim, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle, <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Bisky. Um, we want the best from Jared Goff and yeah. seeing that first throw. My God, if that gets picked off, you know, there are people who are Burned in our position already <laughs> and who are in higher media positions than, than I am who would never ever let that go. Nope. Oh my God. His first throw was, it was an interception of pick six. He's yeah. done. He's yeah. done. Get him out of town. Oh, yeah. Now they would have been in the refractory period by the second minute of the first quarter. It would have been so start, start the draft clock for next year. Who are <laughs> yep. we taking? Yep. We got Sam Howell going. We got, we got, we got, we got Desmond Ritter going. Who we got? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jared Goff. Other than, I mean, he looked better after that for sure. The yes, first, he the, did. The first, uh, the first drive was just three and out. Not exciting. Not great. Second drive. What was it? Eighteen plays in ten minutes. Something Eight, like that. Eighteen plays, seventy-five yards. Um, there was a penalty in there. There was two penalties in there that that made it longer. That elongated the drive. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, it that is the that is exactly how this team is going to win football games going on monster drives like that, where they're taking care of the ball. They're methodically moving it down the field. They're taking what the defense gives them. And then you hope that when you get into the the, the red zone, that you take a shot and it pays off. It didn't, they wound up settling for a short field goal. I mean, at least he made it. Yeah. 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 Well, and, <laughs> but, but he did. He made both field goals, right? Didn't he make two? He did. Yep, he yep, did. Yep, yep. Um, not, nothing long, but nothing he, scary. He, right. I mean, because right. remember, yeah. he's better. Didn't you say he's better from the 40 and beyond than he is inside the 40? Uh, Randy is Randy. Okay. Uh, yes. Randy, okay. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Zane Gonzalez is better from beyond 50 than he is from 40 to 50. The yeah. same way Prater was. Yeah. Maybe we carry, which is, kickers. which is a very weird thing. <laughs> No, but so so that second drive though, they did not run the ball well, and and Jamal Williams did not run the ball well at all, and I blame some of that on the run scheme. There was a lot of movement from guard center tackle that that wasn't necessarily, it wasn't really zone blocking. It wasn't like outside zone, but it also wasn't like mano a mano, you know, power blocking. They, they were doing little things that I, I I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I, the, there's too many moving parts for that for that to work in the preseason, especially with a guy like Jamal Williams, who is not a fast accelerator. Yep. You need, if you're, if you're going to do that, you need a guy that can jump cut and you need a guy that can make that first tackler miss in space. That's not Jamal Williams game. That's not what he does. So the run calls did not suit him very well. And he also didn't run them all that well, nor were they well blocked specifically by the right side of the offensive line. It felt um, a lot like an old Lions run game. I'll tell you that. It sure did. They did have one of it, Chris, you know, my, my least favorite play in football, the quarterback running the ball back and giving the ball into the breadbasket of a static running back and then asking him to run. Yeah. I freaking hate that play. It needs to go away, especially when you don't have a fast accelerating running back. That's yeah. not what Jamal believes. This is not what any of the guys are. They're it's just, not even DeAndre Swift. That's not what he's good at. They're pretending you're asking for, you're asking if, if you do that at first and 10, you're asking for second and 11. Why do that? <laughs> Stop it. Throw it out. Get it out of here. Jim Bob Cooter was smarter than that. Joe uh, Lombardi didn't ever learn uh, that. That's why he's gone. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, yeah. I was going to say Jim Bob Cooter. So Jared Goff overall, I want you to give him a grade. I want him two grades. One okay. versus your expectations. C is is dead on with your expectations. Okay. And then right. second is a grade. Just overall, how did he do? Okay. Because I know expectations and how he did are going to be different. I, I think expectations wise, I think he was fine. I, I think that's not a grade. C C um, is fine is what you thought. I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll go with C plus. Okay. Uh, I, right. I, I will do that. 
Uh, because uh, the the throw that he made to Tyrell Williams, uh, the turkey hole throw, yeah, was that, yeah, good I throw. wanted to see him do it, and he zipped that in. That was that was a really nice throw. Yeah. I like that, and I love I love that play, Chris. Yeah. The play design where they have Jamal flaring out, they're making the corner pick his poison, yep. and because they got the tight end going the other way on the post route, the safety's got to hold. If Goff can throw that ball in there, by God, that's a beautiful play, and he wow. did. He did. He did. He did. And, and, yeah. Yeah. That was money. <laughs> so, so then, so overall grade, you know what? I'm going to give him because of the first throw and because he, he responded from that. Yep. I, I, I honestly think, I, I think that goes to like a B. There you go. Because, because uh, again, again the, the first throw could have been tragic. It could have, it could have been really, really dramatically bad. But he he recovered. He moved on. You know, you got a short memory. That's something about Goff that I think he doesn't get enough credit for. How mentally tough he I is. I agree with that. You think about how a cornerback has to just forget about the last play, good, bad, or otherwise, forget about it, move on to the next play, and just have that short term memory that that memento level memory loss, right? If you remember that wow. movie, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that something like that. I mean, that's how you have to live. And Goff can do that. That does, he does not get rattled, and that's that's a real real skill that he needs to get yes, credit for. I had to say this came up in the chat. This was hilarious. Uh, Thunder C. Smith. I, I won't say the, the next Tuesday thing, but if I've learned anything over all my years as a football fan, it's that panicking after the first preseason game is absolutely an appropriate course of action. <laughs> all right. So uh, golf, um, not, not, a, this is good. There's some talk about what's going to happen the next game, and we'll get to that. But we want to hit a couple of the other players. Um, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about Jeff Okuda as well. Um, they didn't throw a lot to the wide receivers. Um, of course, you know I was on cornerback watch, right? Yes. Because of our guy Jerry, and we'll hit on him next. But I want to ask yes, you really quick uh, your thoughts on what you saw from Okuda out there. Um, he erased his side of the field, whether he did it with good coverage or not. There was no way Mitch Trubisky was looking his way, not even thinking about it. Thank you. Did he not look <laughs> awesome out there? I mean, holy cow, man. That was – I. this is a whole different guy. This is a whole the, different guy. I mean, it's one preseason game, right? So so we have this small set of data this year. But you could put it against almost any game last year and say yeah. elevated, right? <laughs> yeah. I want to say it was 11 snaps that the first team defense got. And uh, I think it was five passes and six runs, but I mean, they didn't even, they didn't even think about looking his way. Now, obviously Stefan Diggs did not play Cole Beasley. I don't think he played either. So, you know, they're running, you know, their B and C wide receivers at it, but still Okuda and you can see this. And we, we, we talk about it every day when we're in the media, in the media tent and, and watching practices, the confidence that Jeff Okuda has I'm not going to say it's like Slay because Slay was Slay's, Slay's a character. Slay's, Slay's a effusive, outgoing personality, and I and I mean that appreciatively. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Okuda's not like that, but he's a fiery, competitive guy who's going to let you know if he makes if he makes a good play or if you make a good play. If one of the if Jerry Jacobs makes a great play at corner or, or safety, he's going to let him know. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about that. You alluded to it. Breaking news, and and Jerry was going to join us today, but uh, Jerry can't. And the reason is he's like he's like look, you can't even be mad at this dog. I'm quoting here. I'm yes, pl- you are. <laughs> I'm playing a new position right now. 
So I'm trying to get down pat, and I probably can't get on tonight. I'm so sorry. Can you catch me after the preseason game? So, yes, we got you, Jerry. We got you back here shortly. We do. Jerry Jacobs looks like he's moving to safety. Um, yes. He didn't. He didn't. We have to put in this number. He did not explicitly say that. But he ain't going to linebacker. <laughs> That's right. He's not, he's not the new punter. He's not the new long snapper. <laughs> Although he probably could. <laughs> uh, so so let, let's tie this in with, with one of the other things that we were going to talk about, which was Bobby Price. Um, effectively, Bobby Price and Jerry Jacobs have switched positions where Bobby Price is now playing outside corner and Jerry Jacobs appears to be moving inside to safety, which is something that we suggested to Jerry the first time we talked to him. And he was like, I just want to work on corner. I, I want to master my craft there. Yeah. Yep. Um, it sounds like he's now getting the crash course in, uh, in, in learning safety. And, and you and I talked about it before we interviewed him and, and we've, we, we've had conversations with him on the side where we're like, Jerry, we really think you'd be a good safety. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and he's been like, yeah, no, but man, uh, uh, corner, I'm corner, dog. <laughs> <I'm> corner. <laughs> um, I'll tell you guys the one thing about this, and this is, this is, you know, you start to put these pieces together, right? Um, Jerry Jacobs has spent a boatload of time with Jeff Okuda, this whole preseason camp, the whole thing, staying with Okuda, didn't even have a car, was relying on Jeff to haul, haul him around, the whole thing. Um, we'll get to this later, but luckily he didn't go for a ride with Alex Brown. Um, but the thing is, there's a key piece of communication between your corners and safeties when you're handing coverage off, right? Yep. That connection, that closeness that's developed between Okuda and Jerry Jacobs may well serve them very well as a safety kind of cornerback in those handoffs. This is an interesting dynamic, something we we haven't really talked about or seen on this team before. Two guys that close of friends, like living together, basically, right? Yeah, Spending yeah. all that time together, and all of a sudden now that you know that communication that they just develop in that way, playing itself out in the field. I know you guys know I love Jerry. Jerry's been great. He's been super, super cool to get to know. Um, this, though, this is that kind of intangible thing that could really, really help him out at playing that new right. position. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the comfort level of doing that and the fact that, you know, he has been, he is, one of the things that I've picked up from watching Jerry in practices, he's one of those guys, he's always going to the coaches after a rep, um, especially if he has a bad rep. He wants to know how he can do that rep better. He wants to un- he wants to understand what he did wrong, um, and that that thirst for knowledge, that quest to to be as best as he can be, and to to get feedback on it. Um, and he's he's not he will take negative criticism, and he will apply it in, in the way that you want a, a player to do that. You know, he's not going to get down on himself. He's like, okay, this is what I got to do. I got I got to work on that. Um, and I appreciate that very much about Jerry. And I'll, I'll say this about Bobby Price is kind of the same way. Um, and, and he uh, he has that relationship with Mike Ford. Um, and one of the things that came out uh, when Bobby talked to the media, uh, was that Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, Bobby talked to the media. Um, and he was he like talked about how much Mike Ford is working with him after practice. And, you know, he's picking Mike's brain. And, and Mike Ford, believe it or not, is the senior member of the Lions secondary right now. In fact, huh. only Jalen Reeves-Maben has been with the team longer than him on the entire defense. <laughs> Which is crazy. That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> That's and it. Mike Ford, by the way, has moved back outside. Yep. Uh, now that, that Nicole, Nicole Roby Kuhlman is in town and, uh, and A.J. Parker is getting very legitimate looks as the first team slot yep. corner. And I'll say, do about- not ignore that. That 
Like if you, if you're projecting your 53 now, you better have AJ Parker in it. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to be wrong. <laughs> and, and that's probably part of why they're checking Jerry out. I think this. I hate to use this phrase because it goes back. Please, trigger warning, everybody. Trigger warning. The concept of multiple. I think we're seeing a little bit about that. You were going to say it too. I know, I know. Uh, in the secondary, I, I have a feeling that they have some decisions already made in their head based on what they've seen, and especially with what we're hearing about how the the rest of the games are going to go and be uh, staffed. We'll talk about that as well later in the show. But my thinking is now is they're just now they're really kind of playing and tweaking and looking about. Okay, now what if we lose? Person X, how do we how do we staff the how do we fill the field? What if we lose person Y? How do we, what if we do X and Y? Right, that's what I think they're looking at and trying to say. Okay, let's do the math equation so that we know not just who our first guys are, but if we start having to plug holes along the way, what makes this defense right. the best? Because you know, absolutely, in a seventeen game season, you are going to spend time plugging holes throughout the year, and I think preparing for that now is is a really smart move. Absolutely. Getting the cross training in with price where, uh, and, and Dan Campbell said it, we, we know what he is at safety. We want to see what he can do with his length at corner with his speed. Um, obviously he, he's got to work on his technique because he got roasted in the Buffalo game. Um, and and I, I, I'll say this, I'm watching the game. I'm like, is that, is that, is that Bobby price playing outside corner? Um, and, and, and my, again, my, my family was watching with me. I'm like, well, that guy's a safety. I mean, that, that's not what he's, it's not normally what he does. I don't know why he's out there. And then it came out. Oh, oh he moved. Okay. All right. No light bulb went on. Um, yeah. Um, th- there's a lot to work with there. I, I, my prediction, and I could be wrong on this is that both Bobby and Jerry are destined for the practice squad, but they're very going to be very valuable members of the practice squad. And you will see them up from time to time throughout the regular season and their ability to go to both spots and play either spot, but also play on special teams is why they're going to be around in Detroit through at least 2021 and probably next year competing for much higher spots on the pecking order. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, all right, so we'll talk about that. What about the defense overall? We talked a bit about the secondary here. Um, what did you think about the defense, especially compared? We're going to do it two grades again. Defense compared to last year, and then de- right. defense uh, against expectations. <laughs> so, so I want to focus on one play in specific, and I do not remember exactly when it happened, but there was a play where where Alex Anzalone was. What there was a run play, and he took two blockers on. And he left the he left a wide open tackling lane, and C.J. Moore missed the lane. He went he went to the wrong side of it, but that's like the aggressiveness. With, and Will Harris filled and made the tackle. And there were two things with that. First off, the the Lions did not ever have a linebacker attacking that aggressively the way that Anzalone did last year, and you saw how it impacted the Buffalo blocking scheme. Like the, the one the guard was supposed to go out and and pick off the safety who was closing in, but Anzalone took him out. That never happened last year. And and then Will Harris flying in, but flying in under control, using his closing speed, using his, his, he's got pop in his pads now. And he, he, he ended the play near the line of scrimmage. That play does not happen last year. And, 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 you know, I I know it's, it's crazy to focus on just one play, but that play gave me so much hope, Chris, that this defense is going to be more aggressive and more like they're not reacting. 
They're they're making the offense react to what they're doing. Something that's a that's a game changing dynamic for this Detroit defense because that did not happen at all Some, under Patricia. Something ever really weird, and and I didn't expect it. I didn't even know this was legal. To be honest, we had defensive players in the backfield of the and I, is this this is, I mean I'm not sure were the, what ha, how does this I mean how do they do that I thought that wasn't allowed in this, well, in this well some of it was Julian Okora going against the worst tackle in the NFL <laughs> um and and so, can we talk about Okora for a minute yeah let's do that to, to never, okay the first half he was the worst player on the field for the Lions no question in my mind about it and I think PFF grades that way too and that's why his PFF grade he was awful, abysmal, terrifyingly bad against the run, and he could not get a sniff as a pass rusher. He got one pressure in the first half. When he was playing against Bobby Hart, and if you you want a good laugh, ask Bengals fans about Bobby Hart and his ability to play tackle. Uh, <laughs> that guy is flat-out awful. Like Dan Skipper, who is the number five tackle on the Lions, absolutely kicks his ass. No question about it. No question that Dan Skipper is a better player than him. So, so Julian Okwara getting, what was it? I think it was seven pressures in 12 rushes against Bobby Hart does not impress me in the least. You should be doing that, dude. Finish one of them. He finished one. Um, he should have finished another one. He kind of got held and they didn't call it. But uh, so, so I was not, I was not nearly as impressed with Julian Okwara as most people, because I remembered when he was playing against better, like actual NFL players, mm-hmm. and he got his ass kicked on the field. There's like, it was it was awful, Chris. Yeah, he was yeah. not good in the first half of that football game. Sometimes everybody though, remembers the second half, but you got to go back to that first half. He was a liability. Sometimes it just takes a little kick to get that rock rolling downhill and get that momentum, right? Right, and and, and that's the hope is that okay? He got his confidence, he got his mojo by beating up the the, the carcass that is Bobby Hart, and now he'll come out and be like, okay, this is what I got to do. Um, it, it would be nice if he he didn't go with the same footwork and handwork on every freaking rush. You don't drop your left shoulder to get in and then try to swim around to the outside on every single rush. He did that. Um, I I forget who somebody tallied up and it was on Twitter and they sent it to me. Fourteen of his eighteen pass rushes were that exact move. Hmm. Like you got you hmm. got to mix it up, dude. <laughs> oh boy. So hopefully he sees that on tape. And now that it's on tape, the new coaching staff will be like, dude, hey. Yeah, well, that's, that's Dan, Dan Skipper's th- throwing you on the ground if you're if you're making that rush. And, and by the way, Dan Skipper has thrown him on the ground in practice before one, trying that rush. <laughs> one thing I want to see is this coaching staff. We talk about how great they are as players. They see see things right as former players. Yes. They see things that just pure coaches may not see. Uh, they, they they look for those tendencies. They, there's just a little bit of a different nature between you know a, a strict coach and a, and a and a person who's played and is now a coach. And the one thing I hope is going on, and and we'll we'll find out. This is something we want to investigate. How much conversation is going on between the offensive and defensive coaches? Hey, you know some tendencies I'm seeing. Hey, some things I'm seeing. Hey, things like because they want to beat beat each other in the preseason, right? I mean that, that's part of what the oh. what the the game is, but. To inform on each other makes a team as a whole better, and I want to see and hear that that communication is happening because that elevates everybody, right? That makes everybody bad better. Absolutely. If you want to, if you want to talk about emulating good teams, the Baltimore Ravens under John Harbaugh do that wonderfully. They have their offensive coaches go into their defensive meetings and tell them what they're seeing and tell them how they're attacking them. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if every team does that, but I know that the. the Again, the Ravens and Harbaugh, probably the best coach team year to year in the in the NFL. If you want to emulate after a team, 
I won't we'll take after that. That that that's really good. It's not a bad way to go. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. All right. Uh, another guy we want to talk about. Um, the only person to score a touchdown for the Lions in the preseason, Craig Reynolds. Is he taking DeAndre Swift's role in this in this offense? What's happening here, Riz? God bless him, man. Uh, it's such a great story. Hi, guys. I, I'm Craig. I'm going to go score yeah. a touchdown now. <laughs> that, wasn't his, that wasn't his only good run either. He like had a couple of really nice runs. Yeah, good and for his, him, his man. Coach, it, was, it was cool. <laughs> his, I'm sure I'm sure he did not expect to be doing media after the game. Um, oh. after the, the, like, and just the, the story that he told about, you know, how he missed his flight. And there were thunderstorms and he got delayed and, and he got to Detroit. <laughs> Like nine in the morning of the game day yeah. goes in doesn't hasn't hasn't met the coaches until like an hour before the game hasn't met the players that he's playing with until he's in the freaking huddle. What a, what a great story, man! That's and, what the preseason's but, all about. But still, they put they gave him media time, and that's a coaching staff. This is this goes back to the whole thing that we've talked about with the staff and what they're doing. This 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 servant leadership, this elevating everybody around them. When a guy like that makes a play for Matt Patricia, you won't see him for a month. Right. And in many teams, you won't see him. But this is this guy deserves his moment in the sun. Give it to him. Let him go out there. They didn't know what he was going to say. They didn't know how he would react in front of the media. Right. He could have done literally anything. And, you know, the old Lions and most teams would have clamped down and not let him see the light of day. But the fact that they did let him out there, the fact that he got out there and got to talk and then what he said just shows you why this is so much better of an approach for this team. It was, it was, yeah. it, you know, besides all the fun and everything else, it's really heartwarming to see that guy out there doing media. You know what I mean? It was such a cool, just the, the entire experience of it. That's, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's like a Rudy moment, but it was really cool yeah. to see a guy that like, like I, I was aware of who he was. I had, I, I had, uh, I'd scout. I think I'd scouted him at some point or something, but I, you know, I, I, he wasn't like on the tip of my tongue. But when I heard the name, I'm like, okay, okay, I know who that is. But like a lot of people are like googling him, like who the heck's this guy? Um, and uh, he looked good. Dedrick Mills also looked good as yep. a backup running back. And I, I, one of the things that that impressed me was was that those guys made the first tackler miss consistently, and, and he did it on his, his touchdown run. He did it on the other nice run that he had. Mills did that on one of the runs that he had, which was a poorly blocked play. And I think he still gained like, a, I think it was nine yards mm-hmm. off right tackle. I, I, I like seeing that. And I like seeing that fight. And uh, you, you know, Chris, I did nothing at all against Jamar Jefferson at all. No, no, no. But the fact that they spent a draft pick on him, when you can find guys off the street who can do that, um, Look, Jamar might be able to do that too. We didn't we didn't necessarily see that from him. He's Maybe he'll dinged, do it against Pittsburgh, right? He's a little dinged up. We'll we'll, we'll see what he he's, is. He, he did, is he. Everything I saw from him in camp, I, I'm I'm okay with what we where we got Jamar right now. Yeah, if he plays out, right, that's cool. Right. The thing I, I just want to really quick, and I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, Riz. I just want to say go though, ahead. go to our Twitter, uh, Det Lines Podcast, and check out. We we retweeted uh, Craig Reynolds, Coach Paroli. Coach Paroli is his name. He shows a drill that uh Craig did exactly this drill and and he plays it he, he plays the drill with the bags and the coaches working with him and then the run 
that he did for the touchdown. And it's literally exactly the same blocking and player position. It's like, holy F the drills of the plays and the plays of the drills. He says, right. It's a coach talking, not just, you know, just not to us, but talking to other, other players and his players and recruits and all that. But holy cow, it was an exact replica of what he'd been trained and what he drilled to do. Really. It's just funny how it just came together perfectly for this kid. Really, really awesome. And I I apologize for, for, no, that, that, no, that's fine. But um, this this is one of the reasons why I, I'm upset anytime they spend a day three or day two, for that matter, draft pick on a running back when you can find guys off the street who can do that. Yeah. Um, and Again, nothing is Jamar, but I think I think we're fine at, at running back depth. I don't think we need to be going out and signing Todd Gurley or as somebody suggested to me, get Le'Veon Bell, man, we're winning the Super Bowl. That's a, that's a cool quote from Twitter, Twitter today. Um, stay out of my mentions, please. <sighs> Uh, Le'Veon Bell was washed three years ago. I don't think we need that. You, you don't. You don't. You, you got to develop your young talent, and you can find the young talent very easily. That's why I'm not. You know, um, that's a point you made in your vlog about about what what um, Adrian Peterson did helped out DeAndre Swift a lot. He did, but also, with the mental preparation, but it took carries away. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that means that means a lot. Um, I want to go. Turns out now that that was swift. Maybe he needed the, the, the carries away because he's having trouble with the mileage. <laughs> I want to talk. You talk about day uh, day three, day two or day three running backs. Let's talk about a day one running back. DeAndre Swift. He's got a, a groin injury. Day two. Second, second day. Second, you're right, you're right, second right. Day. I'm sorry. I'm for some yep. reason I was thinking it was first round and second round. This first in the first. Day. You're right. You're right. Day it two. should be. God, my life would be better if it was. Yeah. No. Maybe I'm dreaming. <laughs> sorry. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, groin injury. You talked about it in one of your vlogs. Um, how much should we worry here? He's he's. I mean, he's supposed to be the premier back. I have a feeling some of those plays. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking, knocking on any of our running backs. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but I think DeAndre may have may have balled out a little bit better if he was healthy. What are we talking I, about here? What are we looking at? I don't at? disagree with that. Uh, I would say that if I would not be drafting Swift in your your fantasy draft early. Uh, I, I think the everything I've heard, and this has been consistent from not only from Dan Campbell when he's talked to us in the media, but what we've heard behind the scenes as well. If it was a regular season, he could play. And I don't doubt that for a second because I've seen him running. I've seen him doing the drills. He looks other than like after the play, after a rep, he's like a little ginger, but when he's going, you don't notice any real difference on it. So I'm not super worried about it in terms of like his impact when he's on the field. I'm worried that he's going to be off the field more than you think he might be. Mm -hmm. And using the collective Vosotros form of view there, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, This is not a guy who's going to get 200 carries, not at all. And I think the Lions have come to that realization already. And that's why Jamal Williams is in town. That's why they drafted Jamar Jefferson. That's why you're going to see probably two running backs on the practice squad so they can keep guys fresh and keep, and and just for practice purposes. So they have a running back in. So DeAndre doesn't ever have to practice because they're, they are more concerned than you might think about the lingering issues of the groin and Jeff Okuda's rookie experience plays into that. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you, I know a groin injury is, is nothing to laugh at because it's not, it can last years if not treated. It, it can. And I can speak from experience. Um, moved to California. I had one that was a year and a half before it finally got fixed and I got it worked on and, and taken care of. But you, you, that, 
and, and you know, and I'm the, I'm no athlete, right? <laughs> I'm, that kind of thing. Those guys and pushing the way they do, that kind of thing, man. It needs care. It needs taken care of, and and the, it can the really. Thing, the linger. thing with the groin, and you know this from having it, it, it really saps your explosiveness, yeah. um, and, and change of direction. Yep. yep. Uh, specifically, like like flipping your hips and and getting your 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 body around you because and you what, can feel better. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, twang, and it's gone yep. for the rest of the day. It's and that that's that seems to be what happened this week. He went hard one day, wasn't doing team drills, but was doing individual reps. Uh, and then the next day, he's in street clothes um, and was was not walking. You know how when you have a groin injury, you walk with your legs close together and you don't take big steps. Not that's me. exactly that's exactly what he was doing. I never uh, the day that he was out. Together. Now he he was back at practice today. Uh, I was not there today, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> so bad. Yes, I caught that, Chris. <laughs> so bad. It's stupid. I don't even know what I'm doing over here. All right. So, so um, don't expect to see him against Pittsburgh. Don't expect to see him in the in the the preseason finale, which they played the Colts last, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's Pittsburgh and then Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 Uh, I wouldn't expect to see him in the preseason, and I wouldn't expect to see him get more than. I'm just ballparking this off the top of my head. 15 carries in a game and five receptions in a game. If 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 you think he's getting more than that, I'm going to tell you you're going to be disappointed in him. Mm. Uh, he might he might get it on on a he might have a week where he gets 22 carries and eight receptions, but he's going to balance that out where he's going to have a week where he's you know just not feeling it or it's cold. He can't get it loose and he, he's out there for for 10 plays. There you go. And, and I think that's what we're going to see from DeAndre Swift all year, quite honestly. Yep. Um, okay, really quick, we've got to talk about the Flynn game. Hattori Hanzo from our St. Jude telethon. Yes. He's, so, so he's I, been beating your A. He your has. Butt. So, so the issue is <laughs> where I watch games and the TV I watch them on were ruined when my basement flooded. So I don't have the physical ability to do it right now. Um, I'm going to try to get it done. Sometime in the next week, um, my, my wife and, and son are actually gone this weekend. My, my son, I bragged for a proud second. Uh, my son got invited to the Chris Paul Invitational Rising Stars Camp nice. uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. So my wife and he are on their way down there now. He'll be there all weekend. I hope that I have some time on Sunday or Monday before they get home to watch it. But uh, just the logistics of our house right now. I don't have anywhere to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> what a slovenly family. Never even leave the house. All right. No, good stuff for your son. Congratulations on that. Yeah, by the way. It's, it's, it's awesome. We're very, very happy for him. Hope All he right. screwed up. We have, we do have something <laughs> we want to talk about here that uh, is big news this week. And uh, we want to reset everyone's heart. But before we do, you need to know this is your last chance to get into the Detroit Lions podcast fantasy football leagues. It is going to shut down Saturday, sometime Saturday afternoon ish. We are going to turn off the Fantasy Football Leagues. We have one opening in the Champions League, uh, but the Intermediate League, well, there's and there's multiple leagues, but we're closing them out just trying to fill the last leagues here. Um, the Intermediate and the Beginners Leagues could really use a couple of players. Um, really inexpensive. I think it's like 15 and 25 bucks for, for Beginners and Intermediate you Leagues. You got that in your couch cushions. Come on. <laughs> Get in there. You could win some real money. The top third of the people that are in each league win prizes. It's, top, it's money prizes for the top three. It is uh, uh, a selection of one of our great t-shirts from the Lions Podcast store uh, for fourth place. There's really, really good stuff. Um, 
It's our biggest fundraiser of the year. Get in there. Let us fill out these uh, these leagues and get players in there and make sure that we don't have to turn a couple people away and, and, and shut their leagues down. Head to fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com, fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get in there. Join the fun. You'll play Riz. You'll play me. You'll play uh, Ash. You'll play all the guys that you know from the podcast and uh, have some fun doing the things that you get to do. It's a lot of fun. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Draft day is August 22nd. Let's get in there by Saturday so we can have this all set up. Thank you. All right. Moving forward. Oh, that was fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Um, Don, the yes. mule, mule back, has now set the standard. No one will ever die nor pay taxes again. He is no longer with the team. Um, it, it is its own kind of sad day in that he has just been kind of a fixture and, and, and he's been good for so many years. Um, that leaves us now with the longest tenured player being Taylor Decker of all things, which just kind of chugs my mind. But on the Taylor mule, Decker on the, mule the first back, round pick 2016, God, oh Bob Quinn's first draft years. pick is five the years. longest tenured Detroit lion. Now five years, um, Don, yeah was let go on his birthday, which is which is kind of a tough go. That's that's rough. Um yeah. and today that's in press, Dan Campbell called himself an asshole for doing it. I you know what? That's look, here's here's where I'm at and, and you can tell me I'm wrong, Riz. I'm I'm not happy to see Muleback go, right? I love the guy. He's he's kind of a legend. It's you you have these kind of legends and it's and it's fun. But I'm glad that I don't have to think of him ever as not being great. I didn't have to see his decline. I could have seen him forever and play and all the hype and everything. But like, I never had to see us lose games because Don couldn't get the ball to the kicker or um, to the holder. I just feel like you know sometimes it is good to go out on top. I saw a really good Tarantino interview with Joe Rogan, and he's only doing one more movie. And his thing is, why should I let you tell me I'm terrible and then I go rather than you saying, well, please, please make more. And I get to walk away being the greatest. Right. And it, it, I obviously paraphrase there, but that's kind of what I feel yeah. like with Muleback. It's kind of nice to see him go out it, on top and keep those memories yes. where they're at. That he went out without being thrown out um, for a bad performance uh, that, that the public would know about. I, I, I'm with you. You tweeted that to me today. And, and I thought that was a brilliant. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm somebody, uh, I watch a great deal of basketball. I remember watching Patrick Ewing in Seattle. I remember watching Hakeem Olajuwon in Toronto. Uh, it was bad. I don't ever want to see that. I, obviously, Don Mulebach's not going in from, from Detroit, but it's a long snapper. You do have to keep perspective. It's a long snapper. In 17 seasons, he made two Pro Bowls. It's, cool just, shy. Talk, it's just shy about crying about a, a special teams coach getting getting the sack. <laughs> I mean, look, it's obviously Don Muehlbach holds a special place in Lions lore, and he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, He was here for a very long time. He was really, really good at what he did. But there were signs last year that he was, I don't want to say that he was falling off, but he was not at his best anymore. Fair. And that was... Uh, again, I will not profess to watching every special teams rep in camp. How do you call yourself? But I will a say scout? this: I've I've said this, and I, I've said this to Ben Raven. I've said it to, to, to Nick Nick Baumgartner. I've said it to to Jerry Reisman enough that he told me to shut up about it. Scott Daly is an NFL long snapper. Like watching him in practice, this guy's good. Like he belongs on an NFL team. But my my follow up to that was: too bad it's not going to be in Detroit. Well, 
But okay, <laughs> and he's now it in Detroit, and and you're not sitting here with Landis, right? Remember, remember no. that whole thing. Right. That, that was that was donkey. So, so there, there, there's something. Dan Campbell said this when he was talking on Wednesday, not Thursday, um, when he called himself an a hole, um, and he should. Be, but that that's I, a really push. I don't think so. for a teammate. I, we can we'll, we'll we'll discuss that. Okay, I, I, we can disagree. But, but, yeah, but one of the things that that Dan said was that it was time. And he also intimated that the team had tried to replace him in the past before. And uh, that goes beyond Jimmy Landis. They have done that before. He has successfully fought off those challenges. Scott Daly, I will, I will say this. He's the best long snapper they've brought in to go against him. And Mulebach is not like, like he's 40 years old. It, it's harder to do your job when you're 40 than it is when you're even 38. There is a difference there. Take it from somebody who who could still dunk a basketball when I was forty, and now uh, I'm well. I couldn't I couldn't touch the rim at forty five, um, and I certainly can't come close to it now. Boy, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, really it, when off. it goes, it freaking goes, yeah. man. <laughs> Risen's performance everywhere has been has fallen off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's what she said. I didn't mean to bust those. Um, here's here's where I think that that Campbell isn't an asshole. Number one, the fact that he said he is makes him that much less of one okay just because he's like i agree with that i totally agree with he owned that decision it's a tough tough job you can't come up on if somebody's birthday is on cut day and they need to leave the team you can't not cut them right you can't just hang on to them i agree and and it's just like uh, you got a long snapper you got your guy here um Scott Daly, you're just gonna you're just gonna say you're a guy. Let's move on. Let's do it. Everybody's gonna get in sync. Your specialists need to be in sync. Every single rep they get is good for them. Did he have to cut Don? No, no, he didn't. Was it a decent time to do it to keep the the reps appropriately amongst the same group of guys? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Does it stink that it was his birthday? Yeah. I'll tell you what though, it says a lot about Campbell doing that to an to an ex-teammate a guy you played with right he's going to make the moves that he thinks are right for this team regardless of any other bs swirling around i don't think he's an a-hole i think he made the move that he thought was the right move and it was the time to make the move it just so happened to be really crappy timing for don because it was his birthday i mean when it was time to fire matt patricia oh we can't do it because it's his birthday Oh, okay. Well, the next day is Columbus Day. How's that? That's the day after his birthday, right? Like, what is the right day? It's never a great day, right? Oh, we it's Bastille Day. I've got to fire somebody. I'm going to do it before Christmas. Like, you fire it's him the before Christmas. Of Elvis's death. You can't oh. fire somebody on Elvis's death. They might be worshiping the king. You, you know? fired. You fired him after Christmas. No, he's got all the bills from the gifts. Right? There's no right time. Right? It always sucks. Just. It, it, it is what it is. He made the move. It gives me more yeah. faith, actually, in Dan Campbell and, and less makes me think that he's an asshole and he's more uh, doing what's right for the team and putting the team first. That's just my yeah. head on that. I'll, I'll say this, and I, I put this in the vlog that I did. Um, and go watch that, by the way. It's on the Detroit Lions podcast web, uh, YouTube page. Uh, please check it out. But one of the things that I said in there, and, and this stuck with me, was Dan Campbell's tone when he addressed the media on Wednesday talking about how getting rid of, of Don Muehlbach. That is not your, that's not a meathead up there. That's not a, that's not a meat puppet up there. That was a man who felt bad about having to cut a friend, a former teammate, but he did it. And he, he, the tone was perfect. 
know, he, he was somber. He was not celebrating the fact that, that somebody was gone. It, it clearly moved him. I thought he was going to cry. Honestly, I really did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you so. know, that, 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 that tells you a, how, how important the players are to Dan Campbell, yeah. uh, especially somebody that's been around that long. He's, he's earned that respect and it clearly was very difficult for him. And the second thing, you think they took that decision lightly? Like they're not cutting Don Mulebach unless they know he's not the right man for the job. Yeah. I think that was what Campbell's tone conveyed. So for all the, the chuckleheads that are out there, like, oh my God, we just cut a legend. The, the, the season's lost. A name a long snapper from any other NFL team without Googling it. Five seconds. I dare you. Go now. Didn't think so. Let's see it in the chat now. Didn't uh, think so. There is there is one other story that I that is sad. It's beyond the Don Muleback story. I just want to put it up there. It's just it was just trending on Twitter. Um, just really a moment of silence for OnlyFans. They are going to be banning um, sexual uh, content and nudity. So Ace is going to be crushed. That's so much supplemental income for him. Farewell, OnlyFans. We we hardly knew ye. All right, moving on. <laughs> You know what's uh, funny? There was, when when that first came out, there were a couple of NFL like internet draft nicks who were like, "Oh, this is going to be great for us," and they had set up OnlyFans profiles, and now that it might actually circle back around to them and be a good thing again. Yeah. OG oh, so. OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is, is they got their wangs out. They they were trying to go with the flow, right? They just tried to adjust, and now it's like, oh man. Uh, <laughs> I have to bring back my dildo scouting where I use the the dildo as a pointer. Uh, we'll man. see where I got that from. I, there's a new little light show that's part of the 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 um. Oh, what do they call those things? Super chats. If anybody gets uh, has feeling generous, and I'll do, I'll do a shot of uh, Jaeger just because you did it for us. But I'd I'd like to see that work if you don't mind. So there you go. Uh, Delta Eight, not only fans. What next? My dog dies, Michael. My heart's with you, brother. Your dog will be fine. <laughs> I promise. They do have treats for for your pets over there at our partner at CBD Detroit Lions podcast. But we'll talk about them. We got a big sixty five percent off deal this week. So. All right, Nick Williams, Levi Anzarike are back. What does that mean for the defensive line against Pittsburgh and going forward? Riz, we're going to win them all now. Is that what's happening? Our defensive line's going to do their do their part to win. Absolutely. Uh, now, Michael Brockers will not play. Dan Campbell did not explicitly say that. Um, just as Jerry Jacobs did not explicitly say that he's moving to safety, but you can read between the lines. Michael Brockers is not going to play against Pittsburgh. DeAndre Swift isn't. TJ Hawkinson isn't. Jared Goff isn't most likely. <laughs> and Campbell, I don't, I don't. so he's talking about sitting a lot of the vets and this he week is. and is likely going to do the same next week. This is just calls the whole preseason into question to, for me now. It's like, okay, we went from four to three. We did one quarter. What, what, what do we really need to do? I mean, we're, it's it's almost <sighs> to the point where, I mean, it's not this bad, but it's almost to the point where you question like the Pro Bowl. What can we do to make this even viable or worthwhile or ha- any have any value at all? Fire it to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's sad because um, just from a broader perspective, the preseason is really good to help the officials. Um, no, they have to figure out what's taunting and what isn't. Chances are it's yeah, taunting, yeah. Um, even if it isn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, But it's also good for like coaches to get in the uh, – we, we just saw Dan Campbell bungle a I'll, – I'll, I'll use the uh, – the the professional hater term he bungled the, the the clock at the end of the game i thought we got rid of jim caldwell uh, I, that's an actual quote from somebody who's broadcast on the airwaves across michigan oh no um, 
Oh, uh, yes. Uh, like somebody that it's, a, for like a it's a chance for Dan check. Campbell to practice his <laughs> clock management. It's a chance for Anthony Lynn to work on red zone plays. It's a chance for um, Aaron Glenn's two-minute defense to try and redeem itself because it really didn't look good against Buffalo. Uh, granted, it was third and fourth stringers out there, but I, I like seeing the reps. I love it. It's a chance – it's a chance for one of the two UDFA wide receivers to prove that they even belong in the practice squad. And right now they don't. Uh, that's the, the I, I like the preseason, Chris. I know most people don't, I don't really, and I, don't, I know they don't really care about it because the games don't count and the score certainly doesn't count. I like, I like it when, it, when I, like I see it. the players. I like, I like the a game. Like, I like game one, two, and three and how it used to be, how you start seeing more and more until game yep. three. And then game four was like, okay, it's a, it had its own kind of fun, but by the third quarter, it was like, okay, I've, I've had enough. I'm ready for football now, right? But yeah. all the stuff before that, I really enjoyed it. This is getting to be where I got a, a, a game. Maybe I'll get to, maybe it'll be two games of enjoyment. There's a lot of guys to see play out. I don't know. I don't know. So, so Anzarike is back. Uh, Nick Williams is back off the COVID list. Um, he did test positive. Um, he claimed to be asymptomatic on it. I haven't heard from him since then, so I will take his word for it. Uh, that's good. They both play the same position. So that new position, and it also happens to be Michael Brocker's position um, in theory. Now, Nick Williams can also kick inside when they go to a lighter package. I think he and Aline McNeil are going to alternate as a defensive tackle quite a bit. And, and I won't say that either one of them is the starter or reserve. I think they're both going to play ample amount of snaps. Um, Ali McNeil, by the way, looks really, really good in Buffalo. He also looks really, really good in camp. And uh, so, so that that's positive. The yeah. defensive line, they're going to let somebody go. And specifically, these guys coming back, it's bad news for guys like Bruce Hector and Kevin Strong, who were two of the best Lions on the field in Buffalo. Kevin Strong was the best Lions defensive player on the field against Buffalo. He's done this before. He's worked his butt off. This is a guy, much like we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown, dude gets by on effort and intelligence and maximizing every ounce of his ability on every rep. Oh, my God. It, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. I said that. Good Lord. I can't believe I said that. There's so many things that I've let go and not made drops. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> to just harken back to my radio days for a second. When, uh, when, when 96 one uh, yanked, uh, the carpet from the, the big true and Jim show. And then the, 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 the Jim and show, um, uh, they, they sent me all the drops that they had of me. Um, and there's like 35 of them. And some of them are just like, Oh my God, I really said that on the public airways. Oh my God. If you could oh, share that Riz, I'd, I'd be happy to, to, I, I will not, but I, I know, I know Mr. Costa also has a copy of those and, and God bless Jim Costa. I love him. He's doing a great job on 97.1. Keep it up, buddy. I'm rooting for you. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. Um, so we got our guys back. Uh, we got a defensive line back. That feels good. We also have CBD. We were talked about it a little bit ago. Delta 8 is going away in October, I think it is. But don't worry. The market moves faster than the government. As always, we've got Delta 10. It's like an energy drink. It's more like a, a sativa versus an indica high. But if you're looking to get that high, go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Got your Delta 10. You got your Delta 8, which is still rocking and rolling outside of Michigan. Uh, great, great stuff. Uh, we'll take care of that pain, anxiety, or insomnia, but also give you a little... You, you got a little something, something. I saw a little handoff there, Riz. I mean... Um, not bad, not bad. I'm sure you you seem well 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 adjusted. Uh, it's no good comment. stuff. It's good stuff. 
<laughs> you will enjoy the buzz and enjoy the ride. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff. Look, if you're looking to get that same kind of relief for pain, anxiety, or insomnia, though, you can get regular CBD, not the chill line, not the Delta 8, not the Delta 10, just the regular CBD stuff, the oils, and the, there's edibles in that. And that will take care of those symptoms, but allow you still to pass a drug test. It doesn't give you the high with it, though. But the Delta 8, Delta 10 is the super high stuff. They have Chill Extreme that takes it even to another level if you're looking for that. Um, legal right now in all 50 states. Go ahead and go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Let me get here really quick. I've got a code for 64% off. Use D865. This is for 24 hours. D865, and you will get 65% off everything you buy at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you miss it, you can use keyword lions, and that'll save you 55%. D865 for 65. Think like Delta 865. It's kind of a little mnemonic cheater there all right there you go cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com like i like we always do we try to give you something to help you out and help out the show at the same time make sure you get something back when you help us out we get a little kickback from them when you buy that stuff all right thank you everyone for cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com hi sam oh God, no we're, not. we're going to the viral video move <laughs> people holding the signs all right uh bobby price is that guy guy with the sign <laughs> i love that dude <laughs> Bobby Price is moving to cornerback. This solves every woe the Lions have had for the last yeah. fifty years, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but but more to the, from a from a broader roster construct perspective, I like the fact that they realize that it's not working at safety for him, and they're like, he's a really good athlete. We like him. He's got a good attitude. We want to see if we can make this work. He's going to be on the team for special teams. You got to talk about your shirt, by the way, because that's pretty freaking awesome. Oh, um, <laughs> but like, like this is a guy. He's done everything they've asked him to do, but he's not going to make it at safety, and they knew it, and he knew it. So they're moving in the outside corner. Look, based on what we saw in Buffalo, he ain't making it an outside corner this year. Mm-hmm. But on the practice squad, give him a year. Keep working with Mike Ford. Keep working with Tyrell Williams after practice, which he's done. Um, gracious, again, a veteran wide receiver sees potential, graciously donates his post-practice time to helping him work with his hands and work on his release and locating the ball and things like that. Little nuances of playing corner versus playing safety. I love it. I, I love the fact that they're they're trying to make this work for, for a guy who they put a, a fairly good amount of time in. And who's done, again, he's a good dude. He's a great athlete. He's done everything they've asked him to do. He's got the attitude that they want. He's not a turd. He's not out there drunk driving. He's not, you know, doing mm-hmm. doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and they're rewarding him with that. And they're doing the same with Jerry, moving it the other way. They're like, okay, you know what? Now that we move Bobby out there, you're honestly, dude, you're probably not going to make it an outside corner. I don't know though. Jerry Jerry was they were Jerry was like a wetsuit. On those wide receivers for Buffalo. Now, look, I know their top Jerry, cornerbacks. Jerry played were there. well against Buffalo. He played um, really, really well at cornerback. He did. I'm, yes, he did. I'm telling you, he's he learning this new position. I'm, I'm, I'm again trigger warning uh, for this multiple thing. I, I really believe that. I think you're going to find Jerry with a position. If he doesn't make the 53, he's going to be position number one on the practice squad because I think he's really, right. really. He's showing a guy out, who, who will get protected when they're allowed to protect, and he will be a guy that if they have. If if Oruwari gets hurt, if if Will Harris gets hurt, and by by the way, Will Harris had a good game against Buffalo as well, and that was very rewarding to see because he's had himself a pretty decent camp too. Yeah, and yeah. and people who've listened to this show know that I am certainly not a Will Harris fan Huge or fan. fanboy. Yeah. You um, got you got his I, only fans going, don't you? I, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty darn happy with Will Harris. Honestly, um, c- could they do better at safety? Yes, they could, but he's done a lot better. And again, another guy, he's a real easy guy to like. He's a smart guy. He's he's probably one of the most intelligent guys off the field on the team. Yeah, chug, chug, chug. Chris drinking a little bit of Jaeger there for those of you who are listening to the audio only portion of the the, the show. Um, and thank you for doing that. Um, please subscribe, by the way, at all your, your favorite podcast aggregator. Um, we're on weekly. Um, and also we'll alert you to the post-game show as well. Yes, Get yes. on that. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Um, Jaeger, that, that's... Mm. That's some hardcore it. stuff, man. I love it. It's, Fear the deer. It's yeah. <laughs> it's an aperitif. <laughs> um, or digestive. That's what it is. Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Yes, I got to drink it, more of it. <laughs> that's true. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um. Yes. So, so I mean, Bobby Price. Look, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of him in the next two preseason games. You're gonna see a lot of number forty-seven on the outside, and you're gonna see a lot of number forty-seven getting attacked on the outside, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yep. Um. But but understand that there's a bigger picture involved, and the bigger picture of it is is that th- this Lions regime is not afraid to try new things with talent rather than to try to keep trying to hammer round holes into square pegs or square pegs in a round hole. I, I, I'm not good with that one. I, I don't know what that is. I, I wasn't good at preschool, Chris. Yeah. Too much friction. Not enough. Okay. We'll move on. Another position. We, you, touched, <laughs> you touched this in your vlog too, but I want to talk about him um, and kind of get a little perspective. A guy, look, if you guys are following my Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, you know that I have not been gentle, <laughs> speaking of pegs and holes, ah! with Jelani Tavai over the years. And I and I got to a point this year where I, when I saw what he did to make the team and to try to improve himself, the weight he lost, this, the, the, the shape he's in, if you look back to like the 31st of July on the Twitter, I... Uh, tweeted, uh, how's it going slim with a picture of him looking just great. I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm, I'm I'm rooting for Jelani Tavai. I'm rooting for Jelani yes. Tavai. He's a nice guy. He's put up with a whole bunch of people like me, and he's just let it roll off his back, man. He's put up with a whole bunch of crap and just stayed focused, got his head down, working hard, the right attitude. I really, really want this guy to work out. And here I am this week, you know, watching my Lions news, reading my articles, and I see this jerk, Jeffrey Hrysden, put something about the end of the Jelani Tavai experiment. Oh, what a piece of work this guy is. Tell me about, like, what do you think of what this guy wrote, Risden? <laughs> so, um, and I said this in the vlog, the impetus behind it was the fact that I want Jelani Tavai to get a better shot with a clean slate at a place where the fans don't hate him and the fans make no mistake about it. They freaking hate him in Detroit. He cannot get a fair trial in Detroit. Mm -hmm. He just can't Mm -hmm. Uh, from, from the draft status to his, his bad. Let's be frank. He's not been good. He's, he's mostly been terrible since he's been in Detroit and we saw in Buffalo he's not as good as Michael Pittman. He's certainly not as good as Sean John Hamilton, who unfortunately went on IR. Uh, and that's a bummer. Let's talk Uh, really quick what that means. That means we will not see him in 2021 at all, at least with the Lions. I mean, if he goes goes somewhere else, but from the sounds of things, we're not going to see him at all in 2021. When when you get placed on injured reserve before the final 53, you cannot play for that team to put you on injured reserve that season. You are out for the year with them. Now, you can take an injury settlement 
go off and pass a physical and play somewhere else. And that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens fairly regularly, believe it or not. But he is done in Detroit for 2021. And anybody who goes on injuries or after this game and up until I think the cut down is September 3rd, I want to say, mm-hmm. um, until that date, if they go on, on IR, they will not play for the Lions that year. Um, and, and just to, to bring something else up because it came up in the Slack today, Hunter Bryant is still on the um, – he he was waived, injured, did not take a settlement, referred to the the uh, the Lions injured list. He has not been in Detroit yet, uh, and based on team sources that I've talked to, he will not be back in Detroit. Um, and I will say from the team source that I talked to, be incredibly surprised if he ever plays football again anywhere. Mm. So um, for those of you who are clamoring for him to be your third tight end, no. <laughs> just just No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Okay. Um, I bet Jeff think that Risen guy is brilliant, a borderline gen- genius even. Thank you, Thunder C. I said don't trust him. He said not as far as I could throw Matt Patricia. Uh <laughs> oh my god, my back would never recover. <laughs> um Tavai is no, so, so Tavai, look, I mean, look, I come I come at it from my pl- like I do regularly I do regular spots on ESPN Hawaii. Um, every time I'm on, because they know I'm in Detroit, I, I generally talk just NFL with them. Mm-hmm. They always ask me about Jelani Tavai, and I've tried to sugarcoat it, and the sugar has basically been worn away over the years. And I'm like, I'm, i got to be honest with you guys. He's really not playing well. <laughs> and, and the sugar's gone, I'm, and it's only the cane left. Yeah, it yeah. is. And, yeah. and, and the, the cane is going in places where he doesn't want it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, and that's and, and that's you know look like you said he's a good dude man like like if you meet Jelani Tavai in public you're gonna like him awesome dude he he really is and he's another guy he tries so hard but I think some of that is the fact that he feels the weight of the pressure that oh my god I'm failing I've got to do something you know it's like when you're drowning you're, you're looking versus, for anything to yeah. grab but you're not to and and the, the the flailing just makes you drown faster and I think that's what's happening with Jelani Tavai in Detroit. And that's why I would love to see him get a clean shot in like Indianapolis or Arizona or Las Vegas, where there's not the stigma attached to him of this guy was a second round draft pick that nobody wanted at the time. He was poorly coached. They inflated him, literally inflated him to 270 pounds. Yeah. So he couldn't do what he was good at. It's, that fear like, thing. I want to talk about that really quick because it goes yeah. beyond just Jelani Tavai. Um, we talk about like Jerry Jacobs, what is making him so great? The fact that he's not playing scared, he's out there just going and giving it his all. And it goes back to what we talked to at the top of the show with Jared Goff. That first throw could have really, really just taken him off his game. Could have, could have been much worse. Could have been all kinds of things, but he literally immediately forgot about it. And he played without fear for the rest of the game. He just moved on. Fear is the most insidious breaker of talent in any sport. You cannot sport. play scared. You talk you about people you trying play not questioning to, yourself. You try to talk about teams tra- playing not to lose, and what happens? They lose. They lose. Why? why? Fear. <laughs> Fear. And that's 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 the number one. Kill. And and I hope to gosh, it did. You know, you talk about breaking players, and that's the number one reason why they kind of get broken is because they get afraid. They're trying to play against something. When you golf, you never tell yourself don't hit the water because that's all you're thinking about, and that's where you're going to hit the ball is into the water. Do not play 
with fear. Do not act with fear. Act sensibly. But once that fear gets in there, that hurts you. And you're exactly right. That's what feels like has gotten into Tavai's head here in Detroit. He came into this season, looked like he was completely refocused, but it feels like maybe he fell into some of those old traps, fell into some of that old thinking. I'm hoping that he can go somewhere else and get that shot and doesn't fall into that rut again. But that's the thing. This is where, uh, and I forget her name, the woman they brought in, the sports psychologist, this is somebody I think that could have yes. been a huge boon for a guy like Jelani Tavai that oh, could God, have really, I, look really up her name have helped him out. Because this yeah. is the exact role that a guy like that needs to kind of rebound and kick it around and turn it around and find himself again and find what got him there beyond a terrible GM. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and again, he's an easy guy to root for, but you saw it the other night. He tackled... He got in the way of, of Austin Bryant making a spectacular play. There was another play where he got in the way or, or just wasn't in the right spot. Didn't react fast enough. I don't know what happened in the touchdown. I look, I don't know their coverages well enough to know who was in trouble with that. He was not where he was supposed to be, regardless of whether that was Devin, whether it was Devin Singletary was his responsibility flaring off the left or not. He was he was covering a pine cone in the middle of the field, and there ain't no pine cones that are score he, on you. He was covering um, a running back, literally running as fast as he could away from the play, running to his left, and the play's happening behind him on his right on the side of the field. And he was just – I saw the replay, and it was like this – this is so Jelani. That, that, that actually yeah. could be a show. That's so Jelani, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> All right, I found it. It's, it's Dr. Michelle Garvin who there was hired. And, uh, and Dan Campbell has spoken very highly of her, and uh, as, had, as has Brad Holmes, and as has Taylor Decker when he did his media session, was like, yeah, they're very happy to have her. Um, and I, I'm happy that they have her and, and are taking that, that step because that is not something that a Matt Patricia team would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Hour and 15 in. Got one more thing. We want to talk about something quick before we get to the last piece. Um, Riz brought it up. Look at this, huh? It's beautiful. Uh, the retro Detroit. I tried to get this up on camera. Pine knob, baby. Some folks now, know it. Now DTE. DTE. Yeah. Um, I actually do know it is pine knob. I saw. Who did I see there? I saw um, Warrant, Trickster, and L.A. Guns there in 1991. Two stories <laughs> about Pine Knob. One, I saw Metallica on the 4th of July. No opening act. The longest oh, show. Oh, an evening with. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was on the Injustice for All tour. I, I'll never forget it. It was a riot. The other time, this is a great story. I went to Lollapalooza there. Soundgarden. It was Ice oh. Cube. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't. I forget all the bands. It was. It was absolute. Tool. Tool was. It was great. It was absolutely fabulous. Oh, so that was ninety two. Yes. 90, 90, 92 or ninety three. So, yeah, yep. I think it was ninety two. Right around there. Heightened yeah. state of awareness. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Um. <laughs> beyond Delta eight and ten action work. Beyond beyond the deltas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're into lambda at this point. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> we'll just say that. Um. We got there. It was like the Soundgarden was was playing. Me and my buddy were like, we're going to the bathroom. So we go in the bathroom. I walk out, and I'm waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him, and I don't see him, right? And he, I'm, I'm like, where is he? He's not coming out. What's he taking a dump? What's going on? And I'm looking. There's cops standing outside the bathroom, and they're like, I get the sense. It didn't, it just didn't happen. This is all in my head, right? 
they're looking at me, man. They know what's going on, man. Oh, man, they're oh, going to be no. coming for I got to get moving, man. Okay, man, I'm going to go. I don't know where he's at. I'll find him later, right? And I just get this, get this into this worked up state. So I walk between the hill and the pavilion, right? Ding, 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 ding. Soundgarden stops. The song stops. I, I'm like moving, moving, moving. The crowd gets a little thicker, a little sweatier, whatever. All of a sudden, Rusty Cage kicks in, and I see a freaking body go flying by me. I'm like, what? And I look down, and there's a dude with his nose busted and just blood pouring out. And I recognize I'm in a mosh pit. I'm not afraid of a mosh pit. I've been in many mosh pits at this point from from my days of going to Blondie's in Detroit, which was a crazy bar, all the way you know through through Metallica shows, wherever else I went. I, I was in head was no, but that was not the moment for me to to like recognize that I'm in a mosh pit with the bloody face and the flying bodies, and I had to get out of there. And I, I retreated back. I, I, it took me like an hour to find my my buddy. I was like you know that that kind of freak out. I love Pine Knob. That's all I can say is I love Pine Knob. The only reason this shirt exists right now is because I was wearing the Bablo shirt at uh, at, at training camp. The guy goes, I bet you got a Pine Knob shirt. I was like, no, but I'm going <laughs> to. So I made up the, the design. That's how the seeds are planted right there, my friend. Exactly. That's that's great. So uh, I, I have been there since it's been DTE. I don't get over there much. Um, it's easier for me to get to Chicago. It's a lot closer for me to get to Chicago. So sure. when, I, when I'm doing the big shows, I tend to go there. Uh, I did see uh, Dream Theater there, uh, an evening with mm-hmm. uh, in 2000. Whenever, whenever Mike Portnoy's last tour was, with, as, as a, and that was the last time I saw them, and I can't wait to go see them. I'm seeing them in Akron in September, and I can't wait because they are my all-time favorite band. Um, as we talked about on my uh, my, my, my <laughs> video mailbag. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, for everybody that, that did feedback. We will do that again. We will do it again after the third preseason game. Um, and again, it's it's going to be questions from the Slack, from our Patreon, from our Detroit Lions podcast, Patreon. Donate a dollar a month, you get invited into the Slack. I will post it in there. You send me DMs in there, and I, I printed them off, and I read them off, and, and did it. It, it was great. Um, and, and a lot of people who were you know, who don't know what this is um, were like, where'd you get the questions from? I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I, yeah. So, and, and it was great. And, and you can ask me questions that don't necessarily have to deal with the Lions. Although it's going to be Lions-centric, but if you ask me about Iron Maiden or music <laughs> or beer, you'll probably get that answer too. <laughs> so Spud Muffin, got to give him big uh, props. He just joined, just just joined the, the, the Excellent. Slack while in the Patreon while we're doing this. Good deal. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. There you go. Um, the shirts, Detroit Lions podcast.com slash store all kinds of retro detroit shirts really building up some stuff there's some really really cool stuff uh say nice things about detroit uh there's a really really cool shirt that has detroit three colors real old 70s kind of groove um really really good stuff i got some more designs we're gonna keep rolling those out really really great stuff there's spud muffin see you in the chat man thank you for joining the patreon uh detroitlinespodcast.com check out the shirts a lot of great stuff podcast merchandise the whole thing uh really really fun place to go and i'm gonna continue building that out as as the days go on with a whole bunch of new stuff it's uh kind of a new hobby i've i've enjoyed and then last thing on your mailbag you should thank me for not spelling it m-a-l-e bag just so you know all right last thing only fans uh, is done chris <laughs> <laughs> only fans is done yep no more sexually explicit content rip only fans also rip alex brown you're lucky you didn't rip anybody oh else man what a kick in the tail when this dan is. campbell's talking about turds that's what he's talking about oh, that one didn't getting it blowing a two point a, a point two one one with a teammate in the car who's now lost his nfl career because of your dumb ass yeah yeah driving the wrong way down 75 it was 
He's I'll be honest. Kill somebody. If, if this is all alleged, right? This isn't. We, we gotta. We gotta put it up front. This is also so append the or prefix the word alleged to all of the conversation here, just so you know. Correct. And so yes. we're we're in the right spot on that. He, he has not been. Oh, well, he has been arraigned. Um, he has not actually had his court date yet, though. Yeah. So, but a but, term uh, that doesn't it, even float in the bowl, man. This is at the bottom of the pipe. This is what know, the man, heck that, are you that, thinking? Trying to make it in the NFL. And and uh, I mean, and, and went, again, to, to go back to Dan, Dan Campbell talked about in his press conference, the exact right tone when he's harping on these guys. You can't be smarter than that. You know, talking about how you have to get an Uber, how easy it is. The, the NFL has a car service. There you go. Zero yeah. questions asked. You yeah. can kill a stripper at a casino high on cocaine with a bag full of heroin in your hand, and they will pick you up and take you home and will not say a thing. That that's that's the NFLPA's rules. Not that day. <laughs> not the driver won't they, say. They, they might tell TMZ, <laughs> yeah. but they're not telling the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I don't like so many guys don't take advantage of that, and especially now. No, they don't. This if this is as Ubers are harder to get now, just with everything going on. By the way, they're monster expensive. Yeah, now too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, because there's a lot of people that don't won't drive because there's security issues with it. There's mm-hmm. obviously there's videos all the time of crazy people attacking their drivers. The plane, um, and also the insurance costs for driving an Uber, especially in the state of Michigan, have oh my god, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my neighbor who lives uh, there that way, um, he drives on the side um, and he doesn't drive anymore because his insurance went up three hundred and sixty five dollars every three months. Um, he's like, it's not worth it's not worth it for me to do that for, for you know, two rides a weekend, which still, is what he was doing. Still cheaper than that a 16 year old. I'll tell you, <laughs> I can speak to that, too. Oh my, my son, my, my son is driving. He's probably actually driving right now with my wife in the car. The insurance. In <laughs> now I'm really nervous. I'm going to finish this beer. <laughs> insurance in Florida is one of, is the one place where you just get screwed. Two thousand dollars a year to add a 16 year old to the car. Insurance. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Don't tell me that it's it, it, it just like glassy eyed what so please get a shirt go to cbd and go join fantasy football so my son can learn how to drive and i can pay the insurance <laughs> bill job. all right alex oh <laughs> alex brown just just terrible and then you have charlie uh tomo tomopo 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 god dang it, i'll get it um, so and, and he had a legit shot to make it as a third tight end because ali's a mac is not good at football yeah folks <laughs> he, looks gorgeous, um, he, he looks phenomenal he is very perilously close to looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. He's he he's a, he's a Miles Killebrew, gorgeous looking guy. Yeah, uh, he's got beautiful eyes too. Yeah, yeah. actually, Miles Killebrew—they have like the same eyes. Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. now that I think about it, mm-hmm. they're they're both very beautiful men. I've got a type. N- neither one of them is really good at football, unfortunately. And that number That's three tight end spot. <laughs> Um, now more than ever, the number three tight end, unless it's Rashad Berry, who they just brought in this week. Um, the number three tight end ain't on the roster right now because it, uh, they cut Hunter Tedford today just before we recorded this. They crazy? will be cutting. I mean, Charlie Tomopo was gone. He's on the NFI list. They still have, um, well, Jake Hausman's gone. So they have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brock Wright, mm-hmm. who did not play well in Buffalo. And they have Alizé Mack, who's not played well at all, all summer. Uh, and then now they have Rashad Berry, who was a defensive end outside linebacker excuse me, at Ohio State and then for the Patriots. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, he's an ex-Patriot. Get rid of him now right away. Um, you, you can't do that. I, 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 believe, I, me, I, I believe me, I understand the sentiment. 
but you can't just like black hole everyone that ever played for New England. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to that either. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I did. I, with that, we're going to we're gonna think one thing I just do want to mention on all those shirts. Four dollars from every shirt is going to Fisher House in Michigan, trying to help build that Fisher yes. House for the vets at the VA in Detroit. We have one in Ann Arbor. We don't have one in Detroit. It's a real point of need. We're trying to do that. You can either do it by buying a shirt. Like I said, we try to do things where you guys get something out of it. So if you buy a shirt, four bucks goes to Fisher House. Or you can go to givebutter.com slash FHM slash DLP. And you can just donate direct if you want to just give them some money. Run that by me again, Chris. Let me write it down. Yeah, yeah. Givebutter.com slash FHM, which is Fisher House, Michigan. FHM slash DLP. D-L-P. And that's okay. FHM is Fisher House, Michigan. So it's going directly to the Fisher House in Michigan. God, my handwriting sucks. <laughs> if you get <laughs> doubling from your um, from your employer, they will double it. It is a full 501c3 charity. It's the whole thing. Uh, I've doubled every, every dollar I've given to them thanks to my employer being generous in that way. Uh, if you have that, you could do that as well and uh, help your vets out, guys who need it. And, I mean, right now... You know, I'm not going to get into all the talk about what's going on or, or one way or another, but you have guys that are down about what they're seeing in the uh, in the space right now who spent a lot, gave a lot of treasure, a lot of blood, a lot of their lives in foreign countries and, and feel like maybe it wasn't as uh, as appreciated as, as it should be. And I'll leave it at that. Um, so I'm just out there to talk about helping to support some of these guys who could really use it. All right. Fisher House is a great place. Platinum charity. There you go. Uh, with that on that. We're going to call it a show. Thank you all for we joining us. Don't forget, Ash Thompson now announced as the That is so cool. I love Ash. Ash is, my, show. Ash is my second favorite Canadian after Getty Lee. There you go. <laughs> He's got a better nose, too. And you got the, you got Ash on the post-game show, live after every game. We've got the cocktail, uh, how to craft a cocktail, tying in with the daily games coming up here. And I'm going to do one during the preseason. And it's, uh, I don't want to give a, I, I, I'll just say it's blue. We'll just put it that way. We'll leave it at that. It's a good one, though. It's definitely a good one. You want to check that out. Um, what else do we got? We've got Jerry Jacobs moving to safety and coming on the show here in, in, after the preseason. We'll, yeah, we will. We, we will get Jerry on again. Yep. He, he was clear. He was very. He was very like like guys. I I, I hate to do this to you, but you know, I got I got to look out for me, and and we totally respect that. Gotta learn my new like, position. Like we, we, we grumbled a little bit before the show, but we're like, you know what? Jerry's got to take care of Jerry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, we're rooting for Jerry. Best of luck to him. I hope that it works because he he's a, he's a good dude. He's played well. He's he's proven that he belongs in the NFL, and I hope it's in Detroit. But if it's not in Detroit, um, the Detroit. fact that he's he is being multiple will help him out elsewhere. So, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, awesome. he will be at least practice squad in Detroit. And this is something a story that yes. I've wanted to tell for a while. Because it's always like around around the cuts, everyone, the two things that happen, all the media guys say, now remember, these are people's jobs and you have to be, you quit being jerks and that kind of thing. And right? I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And then they forget, you know, going to the practice squad and then they forget about it. Nobody knows what happens to players in the practice squad. Nobody right. interviews people on the practice squad. Nobody hears about, you know, oh, I heard that they, they play, you know, the blue team uh, on the uh, or red team on the practice squad. What, what's going like, we're going to have all that information. If, if Jerry's in the practice squad, he's with us all year. We're going to continue talking to him. We're going to give you insights that you're not getting from anybody else. And it's something we've been working on for a couple of years because it's an incredibly important part of the NFL that goes completely underreported. These guys are just outside the very, very, very best in the world. And there's not many people 
at that level. This, these are guys that it's a real interesting right. story that needs to be told. I think it's its own kind of a hard knocks. And then Jerry is a guy, like we said, who, who very well could make the team. And could could lend itself could, to a very he, he strong... absolutely could make the final fifty three, and neither you or I would be surprised. And I would tell you, out of other people who cover the team on a daily basis, would not be surprised if Jerry Jacobs makes the final fifty three. We don't know if it's going to happen, but he's absolutely still got a shot. He's yep. he's got to not have a penalty on special teams, and he's got to he probably needs to make a play or two in Pittsburgh and and, and at home against Indianapolis, yep. but. Uh, the, the table is set for him to capitalize on, and it. he's a guy who's not afraid and has got a great story behind him. This is a guy. Yep. This is a guy that that you can you can see right. He's at a, uh, an inflection point right now, and where his career goes, this is really interesting. This is a guy that you could very well see a thirty and thirty about in ten years. You know what I mean? Because he's got the physical ability, he's got the capabilities yes, to does. do this. Um, really love to see what happens here. And and let's face it, we started. Dan Orlovsky's media career. It's, there's no sense in saying that we can't get, start with Jerry as well. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah, he you bumped me show. away for Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, he also co-hosted the show with me. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Remember, don't forget us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Thank you, Spud Muffin, for joining us during the show today. Love that. and Thank you for that very, very, very much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you in the Slack. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET. ET Lions podcast and at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled there on your screen. Jeff Risden on Twitter. He's always got some great stuff to say. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929 33 Lions. It's 929-335-4667. Get yourself a message. Get yourself on the air. We'll have your, we'll put you on. We'll play your messages. There's a lot to talk about. Love the stuff. Also, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast. So what happens is you know what happens. So we can come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Let's get it. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.